My name is Annie Lobert, and I'm a champion survivor of trafficking to tell you that God can heal you from any hurt that's ever happened to you. If he can do it for me, he can do it for you too. Hi, friends, and welcome to Annie's Pink Chair, where we invite presence, inspire purpose, and ignite passion into people's heart to spread God's love across the world. Do I have an extra special message for you today? Friends, have you ever been betrayed? People call it in Christianity the Judas kiss because When Judas betrayed Jesus, Jesus was in a public place. He was actually in the Garden of Gethsemane, which was a bunch of trees that were made of olives. And he came walking up to Jesus and he kissed him on his right cheek to signify his lordship, but also to show all the Romans, this was the guy that I snitched off. How sad is that, my friends, that he had to get snitched off? But we can't forget, there's always some sort of reason behind a betrayal. Why did Judas do this to our Savior? Well, I can say one thing. I would not be here. You would not be here and forgiven and set free and full of love and have the compassion and mercy of the Holy Spirit and Jesus' forgiveness on us had Judas never done this. So there's a good thing that came out of it. So if you're in a situation right now, my friends, I want to speak to you, friend, about what to do, how to handle it, and how to be led by the Holy Spirit to respond appropriately. We all know that when Jesus said, if someone hits you on the face, you turn the other cheek. And sometimes, friends, that is hard to do. I am going to be completely transparent and honest with you. I myself, besides being trafficked and my abuse as a little child, all the things that happened to me to cause complex trauma to happen in my life was definitely the result of abuse. But not only that, the result of bitterness, betrayal. Betrayal is a trigger word for me. If someone has ill intent for me and their whole plan is to betray me or my family or people that I love, I turn into a warrior lioness. I do not sit down when people roll over on me. I used to. I used to be with a man, two men, in fact, that were super abusive towards me. They would beat me down, spit on me, call me names. One cut my hair off, beat me in front of a bunch of other traffickers and laughed while they were doing it. And what did I do? I sat there scared to death, shaking sweating, not able to come out of the place I was at at the time. I just froze in silence. And that's part of flight, fight, fight, freeze. And I, at that point, was frozen in my place. 
And I also was fawning. And that's when somebody gives in to an abuser and starts to identify with them and starts to just do exactly what they say out of fear of reprisal of beatings or any type of insult or any type of argument that might have to happen because of the abuse. They just try to turn it around to make it a positive situation. Just like when my father was abusing us children, I used to fawn towards my father and try to please him. I did whatever it took to make him happy. That's really sad that we have to be at a place like that, friends. You should never have to take that type of abuse. Let's talk about what Jesus went through when it first happened. It was in John 13. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. And we all know what that means. He was going to die and be resurrected. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Aren't you glad, friends, that Jesus loves us to the end? Especially when we're acting crazy. (laughs) Especially when we're doing things that don't please him, like talking behind people's back, planning a war. (laughs) And we're talking about personal war, like a vendetta against a friend, maybe even a betrayal or a backstab in ourselves because we've been hurt. It says, verse two, the evening meal was in progress and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing and wrapped the towel around his waist. And after that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then, Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean and you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him. And that was why he said not everyone was clean. And when he'd finished washing their feet, He put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked his disciples. You called me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, No servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. I am not referring to all of you. I know those have chosen. Excuse me. I know those who I've chosen, but this is to fulfill this passage of scripture. He who shared my bread has turned against me. And that simply means, my friends, that he's sharing fellowship 
and a supper and a roof with someone. His heart, like these were his closest confidants. Yet this man that he trusted, the people that he trusted that were around him, one of them was going to betray him and ultimately send him to the cross, believe it or not. Very truly, I tell you, whoever accepts anyone I send accepts me, and whoever accepts me accepts the one who sent me. After he had said this, Jesus was troubled in spirit and testified. Very truly, I tell you, one of you is going to betray me. His disciples stared at one another at a loss to know which one of them he meant. One of them, the disciple whom Jesus loved, was reclining next to him. We all know that was John, by the way, just so y'all know. John... (laughs) He always referred to himself as the disciple who Jesus loved, because guess what? We're reading John 13 right now. So he wrote this. Simon Peter motioned to this disciple and asked him, ask which one he means. Leaning back against Jesus, he asked him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, it is the one to whom I will give this piece of bread when I have dipped it into the dish. Then Dipping the piece of bread, he gave it to Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. As soon as Judas took the bread, Satan entered him. Wow, that is powerful. Do y'all see that? Before he dipped the bread, and as soon as he handed the bread and dipped it, Satan entered it, entered Judas. So I see by reading this scripture, and you can tell by listening to the scripture, that this was exactly what the other scripture said about one of you is going to betray me because it says in Zechariah about this happening to Jesus. So Jesus told him what you are about to do, do quickly. But no one at the meal understood why Jesus said this to him. Since Judas had charge of the money, some thought Jesus was telling him to buy what was needed for the festival or to give something to the poor. As soon as Judas had taken the bread, he went out and it was night. So some of you are wondering, well, when did Judas do this? Well, Judas went and where Jesus was with his disciples was a secret place. It was a safe place where they all could meet and enjoy the last Passover lamb of supper before his betrayal. And yes, Unfortunately, Judas went and snitched where Jesus was. He snitched on the safe house. This kind of hits my gut in a different way because we have a safe house, too, actually, for women that are being exploited, that are being victimized by trafficking, and that have been completely betrayed and abused and hit, stomped on, raped, all the different things that comes with trafficking by their abusers and where we take them is a safe place where they don't have to be abused anymore, where they can heal and recover from their severe complex trauma, where they can get a nice hot meal. They can get a beautiful blanket, a nice pill to lay on, nice new clothing. They can have puzzles to play with and art to do. They can watch TV if they want. They can just rest. They can work out if they want. They can do dancing if they'd like to. They can 
join equine therapy. They can pet doggies on our property that our volunteers bring. They can do all these things to heal. They can go to trauma therapy. They can go to trauma counseling. It's their safe space to get their lives back in order, back together. It's really sad how Judas told where Jesus was because that very night, those people that took Jesus to the cross and beat him and smacked him and spit on him, betrayed him, put him on the cross and crucified him, stuck nails through his arms, used a cat of nine tails to whip his back and tear the very flesh off his back. And some even say exposed his ribs. That's how deep the lacerations were because there was glass and razors attached to the cat of nine tails. And it just makes me think about, you know, I do believe I've been messed over in my life. And I know some of you have been too. But if we look at Jesus, who really has paid the price for this? And what are we worried about? You know, Judas was one of the 12 apostles. He was notorious for betraying Jesus by disclosing where he was for 30 pieces of silver. Then Jesus was tried, arrested, and executed. You could say that Judas was predestined and chosen to betray him. And even some say that he had no free will because it says, in Zechariah 11 through 12, that the 30 pieces of silver were foretold and fulfilled in Matthew 26, 14 through 16, that this is just part of God's plan for Judas. Did Judas have free will? Well, we don't know until we go to heaven. Clearly, even though this was pre-planned, that's a good question though, because it makes us think about predestination even for ourselves, when we purposely sin, when we purposely do things against God's word, when we purposely lie, steal, kill, and destroy. Listen, I am guilty of every single one of those commandments. I've hated my brother. I have not worshiped God. I haven't, haven't set the Sabbath day apart. I've worked two days, two weeks straight before and forgot to set time aside for God. I've lied before. I have committed adultery. Oh, that's a terrible one more times than I could count. Yes. It says to murder someone. You just have to think it. I've murdered before I've had abortions. So there's the physical part of it. Here's the bottom line, friends. Why did Jesus come? He came to forgive us of our sins. Some people ask me, well, Annie, why didn't Judas ask for forgiveness? And I asked that question myself. The traditional answer is that Judas despaired of God's mercy and he regretted his betrayal of Jesus, but he was so overwhelmed with the belief that he was irredeemable. He didn't understand the guilt and what he could do with that guilt. He didn't understand Jesus's mercy. Now, remember, Jesus hadn't died yet. Jesus hadn't been 
portrayed but by him yet. So it's kind of like a, wow, it's a deep thought to think about what Judas was thinking. Because we have another disciple that portrayed him three times in the scriptures, right? We've got Peter. Peter denied him three times. You guys read it in the scriptures yourself. Yet, Jesus forgave him. And Jesus knew because it says, he says, as sure as the the rooster will crow three times, you're going to deny me three times, Peter. He predicted the future. And Peter said, no, I would never do that to you, Lord. And we might even say that ourselves. I would never hurt God. Oh, I would never betray my friends. Oh, I work for you. I would never betray you. I would always be faithful to you and loyal to you as an employer or loyal to you as a best friend or loyal to you as a wife or a husband. I'll never tell your secrets. I'll always be true to you. But we see here that both Peter and Judas, two extreme examples, by the way, did this to Jesus. So pretty much it's saying in the word, in the gospels, we're human. Because of that, and what Jesus made an example for, he asked us in John 17 to love one another. He told us, he directed us, love one another. And he asked us, which means that is also a commandment, right? He said, the greatest two commandments that I'm giving to you right now is to love God with all your heart and soul and mind. But then I want you to love each other as you love yourself. So to love each other is to give each other mercy, grace, compassion, understanding, right? This is a hard pill to swallow, friends. And for me personally, I'm the type that wants to go, woo, okay, my husband is Hispanic. So sometimes I'll say, Honey, I wish I was born Hispanic too. So I can say, I'm going to go chola on somebody. Because listen, the truth is, my old self, the old Annie, she wants to take off her heel. You see these heels right here? Yeah. They don't even have red bottoms, but they are red. Okay, these are my red boots. I want to take one of those boots off when I'm upset with someone, when I know someone's betrayed me, and I want to slam them with my heel. Because that's what I used to do. That's what I did when I was a call girl. If I heard someone was talking about me in the street, even in high school, I would confront it. And I would say, meet me at the lockers. Meet me outside the escort service. Meet me by the car. No, don't bring your gun. Don't bring your gat. It's you and me. We're just going to tat to tat with our fists, okay? It's going to be a fist fight. And yes, we were girls, so sometimes we pull each other's hair. The point that I'm making is this. I have not done that since I've been a Christian. I have not hit another human being in anger because I have a new nature. And if you profess Jesus, that he saved you, that you believe in him, this is something that we're asked to do. We're asked to forgive. The other thing is we're not supposed to hit each other, right? Even though there's not specifically a commandment for that. Hating and being angry at someone is another form of murder, right? It's because you're thinking, I'm going to kick their butts. The thoughts there. And whenever I do that, by the way, I try not to get into this place where I feel like 
I am going to get revenge. I'm going to plan this. I'm going to do that next. And then I'm going to do this. And they're going to see who they mess with. What I try to remember is, look, Jesus already died for my sin. He's already forgiven that person. I need to, inside my heart, forgive that person for that betrayal. And remember that no matter what, because it says in the word, no weapon formed against me will prosper. And I say that to you and I prophesy that over you right now, friends. No weapon formed against you will prosper. No Judas Iscariot, no Peter denying you three times, turning their backs on you is going to prosper. No one talking about you. No one trying to steal money from you. No one trying to steal contacts from you. No one trying to, by the way, steal an anointing or copycat the ministry. Uh Uh-oh, I'm stepping on toes now. Copy your church, copy your business, copy your plan, copy your capital campaign, your ideas, your visions, whatever you have going on, your books, your writings, your music, your clothing style, your fashionista sense, your hairstyle. Woo! No weapon formed against you will prosper because what I know to be true is this, is that it said that Jesus is my redeemer and that I am God's child and that God regards me as his daughter. And if God regards me as his daughter, I am part of the royal priesthood. That makes me a princess. And if I'm a princess, God will guard me. And whatever was meant to be taken will be taken. You can't steal an anointing. Okay? You cannot. So whatever you have up here, your intellectual property, even your contacts, even your friends. If someone can steal a friend, they were never your friend in the first place. If someone can steal contacts, those contacts and people that supported you, people that helped you along the way in your business plan or donations or whatever that looks like your business, they were never meant to be your supporter. It was just there for a season. They were there for a season in your life. And that when they were brought an example or a suggestion by somebody that you no longer trust or believe, it's on them to choose that path. And if they really believe in you, they'll stay with you. And then God will open up even more doors and more connections for more people to come alongside what he's put in your heart. Now, I'm preaching to the choir, but I'm also preaching to myself, friends. I'm walking through something right now where I have to be cautious about what I'm saying, what I'm thinking, and what I'm doing. Because I know if I get too far on the other end of the spectrum, I'm in sin. And yes, I'm saying that word. That's a trigger word for some. Not allowed to really say that. You know, we're supposed to be super Christian like ease, not talk about sin, but I'm going to talk about it today. Look, if you have a vendetta against someone, if you're planning someone's demise or destruction, that's sounds a lot like Judas Iscariot. That sounds a lot like real vindictive betrayal. So if you can just lift that person up in prayer, let's do it together. My friends, you know who exactly who it is that we're talking about now. I want you to fill in the blank for that person that you feel like is betraying you. 
or that you're mad at right now that's been hurting your heart, that's been sinning against you, and we're going to put a prayer out there for them right now. Pray with me. Lord, you see what's happening. You know my heart, Lord. Search me and my heart. Make sure that I'm not stuck in sin. I'm not stuck in unforgiveness. I'm not trying to betray or do a vendetta, Lord. Clean my heart. And I ask you right now, God, to lift up them and you convict them, Lord. Not only that, you bless them and make yourself known to them, Lord. Lord, what I ask from you is this, is you protect my heart. You keep my side of the street clean and you help my heart heal. And I pronounce right now, I forgive and then fill in the blank. Just going to put a name, Johnny, Jody, whoever it is. I forgive them, Lord. And I lift them up to you, Lord. And please forgive me if I've broken any of your laws. I just want to be your daughter, your son, your servant and do your will. And I ask this right now. In Jesus' name. And Lord, I thank you for the sacrifice on the cross. I thank you that I can come to you and confess to you what I'm upset about, what I'm afraid of. And Lord, that you're going to protect me and cover me front, back, left, right, no matter what position I'm in, that no weapon formed against me will prosper. And the thief comes only to kill, steal, and destroy, but that you've came so that I might have life and live it in abundance. And I ask this all in Jesus' name, amen. Friends, I want to tell you that if you prayed that prayer with me, you're on your way to a heart full of repentance, and you're just going to have anxiety fall off your shoulders. And I prophesy that right now to you those listening, those watching, that you're going to begin to feel better. What I'd like you to do right now is just relax your shoulders, sit back and just inhale, hold it, exhale. Let's do that one more time. Inhale, hold it. Exhale. Don't you feel better? God's got your back. Trust me. He's got your back. You are his kid. If you believe in Jesus, you believe in God, that Jesus died for your sins, you are covered. And I cannot wait what God's stories you're going to have for me. When you watch this and afterwards, I hear the story about the redemption that happened in your life for forgiving the person that's hurting you right now. Friends, I'm so happy that you joined me today. I feel like I just was in the confessional. Thank you so much for joining us today on Annie's Pink Chair. My name is Annie Lobert, and I'll see you next time. We need partners like you to step up and stand with our ladies and say, I believe in your now. I believe in your healing and your future. And here's my $20 a month. Here's my $50 a month. Here's my $500 a month to go towards your healing, to go towards your trauma therapy, to go towards your cooking classes, to go towards your job readiness classes, to go towards your college. This is what I want to give as a gift to these wonderful human beings that are being restored 
from the horrible ravages of trafficking. Give us a support because we are in need of monthly donors just like you. And by you giving a dollar or more or a thousand dollars from a dollar to 10,000, whatever that looks like, you are going to be changing someone's lives. And our lives that we work with are precious. Please join us today and go to pinkchair.org, click on donate. Join us in the fight against sex trafficking. 